It's not a fun day to be Kevin Durant, huh? Or maybe it is. I mean, he's rich and probably on some beach somewhere. Hour two of the Plank Show. What's his uh, salary again? What does KD make? I think it's. I would say it's fairly substantial. He's that the ends are meeting right now. Lucrative. It's not. It's not all bad, dude. Kevin Durant. He put thirty nine up last night. There's definitely some egg on both he and Kyrie's face. To get swept out is pretty embarrassing. With the way. I, okay. Oh, I've got a poll question when we want to talk NBA. I might save this for – I got a couple fill-ins because I don't want to talk about NBA here because the Thunder – I see what the Pelicans are doing, and I'm like, oh, I see what the T-Wolves are doing. I'm like, let's go. Um, what's more embarrassing, Lakers not making the playoffs, Nets getting swept out? Lakers not making the playoffs. Agreed. So I mentioned I was digging through some cuts – for the show today, uh, from Brent, ben, uh, Brent Venable's post game presser, and you okay with carving out some time for these here? Because yeah, of course, there. You know, we had our conversation with with Coach Venables on the field, and it was awesome. It was so awesome. Like literally, I'm like, thanks a lot, Coach. And when he walked away, I wanted to just go run through a wall. It's like time out, hold on. And I loved then in his press conference. How, you know, you had a little bit more time, so we talked more about, you know, some of the specifics, and I love the we got to get better everywhere line that he dropped. But they they asked him about the whole Baker experience, right? Because he wasn't here for any of it. But he went up against him in, in the playoffs. And Coach Venables, I had completely missed this from Saturday, but this is great just talking about – because I think we're all curious, right, what that was like for him being the Clemson coach and – going up against Oklahoma, here, here's what he said about that moment. You know, I was so mad. Like, I was so mad. First, I was so mad our first year in 2014 uh, when Clemson had to play Oklahoma. I was so – I was pissed. Yeah, just because it's no fun. It wasn't a, not a, a moment about any of it, even winning, that was fun to me. That's not fun. And then turn around the next year, not only that, now we got to play Baker Mayfield in Oklahoma in the Orange Bowl for a chance at a, a national championship. And and watching all the tape, watching Baker Mayfield, and uh, what an enormous challenge that that is and was. Uh, have so much respect for him. Um, talk about somebody that elevates everybody. Uh, that guy has got a gift for it, and just amazing um, will. His will, and he got really good skill, but his will is is much stronger than his skill. Now I'm gonna. I'm not going to lie to you. When I was first listening to that and just kind of going through the cuts for the show today, when I was first listening to that, and he's like, when we went up against him in 2014, I was pissed. I was like, oh! And then he's like, I don't want to play them. That's I'm like, oh. I thought that the anger would have been from having to leave. or and, and everything was his choice. But it was just when you first heard it, it's like, I was mad. You're like, Oh, my gosh. And he's like, nothing about it was funny. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> Which you couldn't blame anyone when they're going. Brent Venables is one of those. We talked about this the other day. One of those few people on earth that moves on to another job, moves on to another job, and everything he says about the place he was before is incredible. Right? Incredible. What he talks about during his time with Bob. What he talks about during with Dabo. 
You know, most time in live people. Kansas State. Kansas State. Thank you. Why do I keep trying to erase that era? I don't know. I'd never bring it up. You're right. But, yeah, it's just it's really cool to see someone that always speaks glowingly of where they were. So many people in life, as soon as they leave somewhere, it's like, well, you're doomed. XYZ yeah. was wrong with this place. Yeah. It, it, listen, I'm, I'm happy that I'm here and you're there. It's like, thank you. Yeah, both things can be true. You can want more out of maybe where you were before and yet be very appreciative of all of the positive experiences along the way. You, you want more of this? You want more, BV? Look, you don't have to sell me okay. on Brent Vittables. I, I just, I, I don't know. It's been a little slow in the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 651-3439. Though there was one funny uh, note that popped in was the image. By the, the images that are being tweeted or texted to the Air Comfort Solutions text line are fantastic, but I don't know if I do a very good job of – Describing them? Describing them that the way they should be described. Because yeah, you really just kind of have to see them. <laughs> if you guys could hit that video button on your f- radio, yeah, we'll, we'll be good Hit that video go. button on the radio stream and we'll be good. And you'll see the the magic of the the superhero meme where there's a button that says good or bad and then he's sweating trying to choose which one. Jesse G, our meme king. This one says transfer portal good is one button, bad is the other button, and he's sweating, nervous, trying to <laughs> and it's decide Bill which self. one. It is Bill Self. <laughs> but, yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear from you more on this at 651-3439. But, I, I mean, I, if you're okay with me playing more BV, I'm Please. okay with it. It was one thing we really didn't get to from yesterday to tie things up. Um, so, here was Coach Venables. When at, oh, make sure you get the right Head football here. coach at the University of Oklahoma, everyone. I'm sorry. I'm only dragging this out because I've got to make sure I play the right <laughs> cut. Uh, talking about the secondary, and in fact, it was the very first question that was asked to him after his opening statement. And to give proper credit, I believe it was our guy, Dean Blevins, that asked. And he had specifically mentioned the cornerbacks as seemingly playing more aggressive. Yeah, our positioning was good. Dean, They've we've played – you know, we've had moments where we've gotten beat. You play corner, you're going to get beat. But this spring, we've seen, we've seen these guys take advantage of the tools that we're giving them. Um, our guys have done a really good job of uh, getting them to understand the variety of schemes that we've employed. And, uh, and then the fundamentals and the technique that go along with those schemes. Really excited about the group. It's not a deep group right now. Um, we've got a couple of um, additions coming real soon in the next uh, several weeks, uh, but re- have seen real improvement by by every single one of them, and um, so really uh, excited about that the growth there. And as we, we saw a year ago, that wasn't a point of strength for us. Super inconsistent, and um, you can't play good defense, let alone great defense, and be inconsistent anywhere. And uh, so. You know, we're gonna we're gonna at times put them on an island, and uh, we're gonna be aggressive with how we we um, call things. Uh, but there's opportunities for us also to help them and uh, protect their their weaknesses and enhance their strengths. And um, but what you saw today is a, a snapshot of what we saw uh, during you know the spring, and uh, that's improvement, um, positioning, understanding, aggressiveness, um, pretty good discipline. And uh, still got plenty of things to get better at. 
I caught one thing in there that was really, really cool. When he said that wasn't a spot we were really good at last year, I dig that because sometimes coaches in new situations will say they. You know, they weren't very good. And that was more of a, you know, we've got to be better than we were last year. Sure. It's, it's a very little thing. I don't know why I heard that. And I was like, you don't hear that very often. Well, he's invested in this group. They are his guys. So he, he's a part of it. He wasn't here last season, but we need to improve. I, I, liked, uh, I liked what he said about there's a chance out there to protect those guys a little bit, protect against their weaknesses, and enhance their strengths. And that would be a good question for Teddy. Tyler, if you're in the other room listening, <laughs> find that clip and play that for Teddy and just ask him in what ways Brent Venables and this defense can protect those guys a little bit out there at cornerback. Because, again, it, it was a weakness for Oklahoma. I think they were 109th mm-hmm. last season in passing defense. So, you know, one of the things that I did like to see is a little bit more press man, play up on guys a little bit instead of six, seven yards off the line of scrimmage. That's been a howling point of contention from Oklahoma fans for a long time. And, you know, really at a place like Oklahoma, I've kind of always had this belief, and I think a lot of other people feel this way, and this is the reason folks at times get upset about that when you play off the line of scrimmages. Look, you're Oklahoma. You're OU. Yeah. You're supposed to have the types of athletes that you're not scared to, to play up on the line of scrimmage and challenge guys a little bit. And so OU taking that approach I think is in, encouraging. I think it's exciting. Do we have time for one more before we break? We got all the time in the world. It's your um, birthday week, whatever you want to do. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> By the way, I do appreciate everyone that's still wishing me happy birthday. It was Saturday, so I, I even reached a point where I'm like, try get back at me next year. What is the the uh, drop-dead time when you could – it's like, oh, man. Like two weeks from now, I was like, dude, I missed your birthday. Sorry, happy birthday. Like, no worries. You didn't miss it. I, I, I didn't do anything. Window of three or four days. Okay. If it's day five, I don't know that you I don't know that you can tell somebody happy birthday. It's like the uh what is it? The Oh gosh. The curb your enthusiasm. When is it still proper to say happy new year? That's right. Larry David. That's right. Um all right, here is the QB sitch. Sorry, I right in the middle of getting ready to play this, I was asked, Did somebody wish you a happy birthday? I was wished a happy birthday and asked to give someone a ride. So I was just making sure I got all my I's dotted and T's crossed. All right, the quarterback stitch. Now, remember, you and I had a conversation yesterday, and it carried over, I think, through a lot of Oklahoma sports radio, and, and Toby was talking about it this morning. And, by the way, that sounded very Jason Smith. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean like, oh, we started this, and everybody was talking about it. No. How about a fresca? Literally, if you ever listen to the Jason Smith show, he's talking from the future because everything he feels like he's saying then sets the table. With for my sports. best friend, right. Chris Plank. Uh, so we talked about the potential of a portal trip for a quarterback. And Toby put it perfectly this morning, right? Toby put it perfectly. You're going to the portal, and you're trying to talk to a quarterback, and your point is – Ah, we're bringing you in to be a backup. And there's this freshman that we really like who's eventually going to be our starter. And, you know, you're coming here just to be a backup and really not to ever start. Like, how do you sell that to someone? And then as a pretty good quarterback to be a backup at Oklahoma, 
how do you say, yeah, I'd rather go there than maybe compete at somewhere at a different I you don't. You, you don't, don't sell that. I, I don't know how you could sell that. So here's what Brent Venable said when asked about the quarterback situation. You know, uh, again, been really pleased, again, from beginning to end with Dylan and, uh, you know, where he is. And he'll he's probably his own worst critic. Um, and Coach Levy probably would be too. But I'm looking at just the entire body and his leadership and his consistency. And uh, he's, he's done a great job all spring. feel great about him. And uh, we're still developing, you know, behind them. You know, we don't have quote-unquote answers right now. Um, the portal is def- a definite option for us. And um, so we want to get, if, if we go that route, you find somebody that's the right fit, right age. There's just a lot that goes into that. Uh, not to the, I need to get into all the, those weeds, but it's a, that is a definite concern for us. No question about it. So okay. there's that. Pretty transparent. And, um, see, I think there was a little bit more here on that. Maybe. So they definitely want to add another QB. That's the way it sounded to me from that, but from that conversation. Th- you know, there's parameters there that you, and again, I'm, I am not saying that Jeff Levy and Brent Venables goes to a, to a portal Zoom or an in-house home or whatever it is and says, listen, you're coming here to be a backup. No, no one's ever going to say that. The, the way it's going to be viewed, though, is you're coming in to be a backup. <laughs> right. But you also have to look at it and say, you're one play away from being the starting quarterback for a team that has national championship aspirations. And it's a quarterback who didn't start every game last year and had a, a, an injury. So maybe there's a little bit more. And it's Oklahoma. Maybe there's a little more meat on that bone. Hypothetically, if you brought somebody in, though, and they were better than Dylan Gabriel, you got to play him. I like to live in a world where Dylan Gabriel. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I get it. He's had a really nice college career, 8,000-plus passing yards, 70 passing touchdowns. He's got the built-in relationship familiarity with Jeff Jeff Lebby. But, for example, who's the kid that wound up going to Ole Miss? That Jackson Dart. If Jackson Dart had come to Oklahoma – if he had made that decision and all of a sudden we've got a full-fledged quarterback competition, I like to live in the world and in the belief that, okay, Dylan Gabriel goes in with a leg up because he knows Jeff Levy's system and they, you know, quarterbacked. He's quarterbacked one season. But we're, we're in a competition. Yeah, that it's not Dylan Gabriel's job. you got to go win it. I hadn't thought of that much. Like, what happens if the – why am I blank? Uh, the Purdy kid. What if he ends up coming here? What if Jackson Dark, uh, Dart ends up coming here? It's a great point. And listen, Purdy, it was pretty tight from everything we've been told. And, and listen, I'm old enough to remember when we were sitting here in what the early parts of March. Well, hold on. When when did Dylan Gabriel officially transfer? Early parts of February maybe is a better way to put it. And – the thought was, if Caleb Williams doesn't come back, is is Nick Evers ready? <laughs> so, I don't know. It's interesting. And, so, and somebody even thought of Nick Evers. I think I remember seeing Bob Prisbillo tweet about this. That Jan- okay, so it was before January. 
So it wasn't quite February. It was it was January. So then the conversation was before Dylan Gabriel made his decision to come here. Nick Evers came in here wanting a red shirt. So is he ready to go out there and be the guy if need be? And Probably I, not. Yeah. So I think what we learned is Nick Evers has a pretty good feel of where he needs to be and to sit out and to learn a season. That was a long way to get there. But my point is there was a time whenever it was thought he could be competing for the starting job. Well, and speaking about this topic that we're on and trying to pick somebody up from the transfer portal potentially as a good backup quarterback option, Nick Evers better get ready because right now he might be their best secondary quarterback option. That's right. You are correct, Josh Helmer. And if you can't find someone who – and let's be real honest. I mean, I don't know who's still in the portal, but I don't see a lot of great options at quarterback. Now, that could change over the next few days. Who knows? But as of right now, it's just not – it's not anything to where you look and you're like, yeah, there's a guy. There's not a Jackson Dart out there right now in the, in the transfer portal at the quarterback position. And people that are relocating at that position, guess what? They want to start. Yeah. <laughs> they're not relocating just for the fun of it. No, they're not coming to Oklahoma to play second fiddle to Dylan Gabriel. All right, 405-651-3439. There was one more from here that I wanted to get to. Um. Defensive specific highlights that stood out and where they need to get better. It's it's good from Coach Venables. As we put a wrap on some of the hanging chad, some of the loose audio from Saturday next right here on the Plank Show. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on the ref. Thanks to JT Gasso for joining us. I got a little clip from that I want to get to when he was talking about Grace Lines a little later on in the show. I feel like there was something that you and I – had talked about what we were going to get into today, and we haven't been able to do it. Let me think on that. I know we were just about to play one more cut from Vinables. Yes, yes. And I, by the way, this is this is the start of that cut, just to kind of give you an idea. This, we, you're going to hear this all off-season long on this show. we got to get better everywhere. And that's not trying to be general. It just it is. That's, that's, we got to get better everywhere. Let's go. So, agreed. So, yeah, what was This is killing me. Was it softball? Was it a baseball-related thing? Oh, concerns Josh Helmer with Patrick Mahomes last night inside. <laughs> uh, what, what's the name of the Dallas Arena? Has it changed, or is it still Uni- United Airlines? Or the no, Airlines I don't think Center? it's the American Airlines Center anymore. I say United Airlines Center. Welcome inside the Allegiant Air Stadium. What is it? I can't believe that I'm just blanking on it. Is it just called Mavericks Arena? Oh, it's still the American Airlines Center. Okay. Why last night was Patrick Mahomes inside the American Airlines Center celebrating Luka Doncic and not in the lab getting better as a quarterback? We'll take your calls next. How much of a problem do you think that it is for Patrick Mahomes to be attending these Texas Tech and Dallas Mavericks games? We'll take your phone calls next. I'm still laughing that I thought United Airlines Arena. For, is there even? I don't even think there is one. American Airlines Center. Gosh, you all can hate me right now because I hate myself. Let me tell you, it was rocking. Oh my last god, night. I got so jealous for Oklahoma City fans. Like I used to be, you guys. What's going on? Let's go. Um, we'll see how this draft plays out. OKC might not be as far away from being competitive again as we think. I mean, it can happen quickly if they – now, they've got two lottery picks. Sure. they got to hit on both. 
if they do, though, then all of a sudden you start getting active and pick up somebody, not, I mean, obviously a superstar in free agency, but somebody that can help them, a couple of players that can help them or two. That's four lottery picks over the span of two years. Yeah, let's go with, with SGA and what we think Lou Dort can be. I don't know who else did y'all fall in love with this year that's the greatest player we've never heard of before. Um, all right, so anyway, get, get on subtle, Mahomes. Subtle jab right there. <laughs> Every single player that scores double digits for Oklahoma City is like, oh, my God, he's really coming along. Foundational piece. Um, all right, so we, we mentioned there's a lot of loose ends we're tying up. This is the final piece of audio I've, I've got for now that we pulled for the show today. And this was – Anything specifically defensively that stood out or that you feel like you need to improve? we got to get better everywhere. And that's not trying to be general. It just it is. That's, that's, we got to get better everywhere. Um, our understanding, you know, knowledge is, is power. And so just a lot of the details that you organically work out through time, and we don't have time. So we've got to bridge that gap quickly and uh, we've made a ton of improvement but we still have our pre-snap alignments and positioning and eyes and the fundamentals and the trust they had a little i don't know what drive it was but it was in the first half they had a little quick screen out on the perimeter and we're in a, a three deep and um it's on the sideline uh, the, uh, the white sideline and we got two defenders they got one blocker one blocker equals two gaps Something outside of them, something inside of them, and you got to fit it and got to fit it like that. And, and the w- the way you play aggressive, you know exactly where your help is. Now that was an, that's not a guessing game because that that particular player is always fitting it a certain way. But we got to contact, and then we we softened up and started looking, you know, both sides of the blocker. So next thing you know, a play that should be it ought to be second and nine at the best case scenario for the offense. It's second and three. We give up seven yards on a, you know, behind the line scrimmage, and until we do that consistently, dude, like that's a snapshot of what consistency needs to look like, you know, and that's like the layup of all layups, in my opinion. And I tell the defensive guys that's a dumb play. Offense, that's a smart play when they know the defense doesn't have the discipline to play it right. And um, I've seen it us defend it well. And then I've seen us today, again, give up seven yards. Uh, and it, you can't call defense when it's second and three all day. It's just hard. That's one of it, – it's – man, Ted, I get it now. I, I get it. I listened to Brent Venable's talk, and I've been listening to him for ten years. And his name is Teddy Lehman. And you hear him weekdays from three to six, and I'm blessed enough to get to – work on radio with him every single Saturday. That's what Teddy's telling you every single game, man. The smallest little things and the difference between second and nine and second and three or second and two or second and four is the difference in championships. And no one wants to listen to him, but I'm here to tell you, Ted, I've been listening. I've been listening. The difference in – Second and nine and second and six yeah. is a big difference, let alone second and three. <laughs> oh, gosh. Gosh. All right, let's get a break. When we that, Anything else you guys want to add? I'm going to do one wipe of Twitter at Plank Show, 
at Josh on Ref, at Sports Talk 1400 from some of you who couldn't listen to the show live, caught on the podcast and said, hey, how about this, this, and this? Because there were a handful that we missed on uh, that came in late. Hey, listen, if you can't listen to us live, I'm not going to hold that against you because we're always available on the podcast page. But some good stuff came in late last night that we'll get to. In the meantime, um, Air Comfort Solutions text line. All right, we, I see we've got a pulse. 405-651-3439. So Plank Show, top five stories today around the corner as well in hour two. Brought to you by Allison Insurance, 405-745-2968. Draft season, baby. Draft season. Let's go. Will we have a Sooner in the first round? No. Maybe. 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 I am... Vinfrey? It would be Perion Vinfrey. I'm very much in the group that had not bought into that, right? In my mind, there was no way that anyone was going to go in the first round. But I keep I keep seeing Winfrey's name pop into a few drafts from people that I think more than anything else tend to be pretty right near the bottom part of the first round. Here's a burning NFL draft question for you on the Sooners. Go ahead. Multiple first round or first two round picks. Multiple second round or better picks for the Sooners. Multiple first and second. Or no, second and third. Second round. Multiple seconds? Yeah. Second, first or second rounds for Oklahoma. Okay, I'm sorry this is taking me so long. Do you need a dry erase board to better explain it to me? Because <laughs> do, do you I'm, get what I'm saying? My now? synapses are not connecting this morning. Yes, I completely understand what you're saying. Yes, multiple, multiple, two or more. Yeah, multiple. I think Winfrey. I think we feel good about. Okay, I'm going to start writing these down because I've said them so many times, and they're just I've got everything. When I I always I've laughed since Rick Kamla. We did Morning Men together. And it refers to his office as the lab. And I just think that's so corny, but I love it so much. So, Josh, my lab's a little messy right now. But as far as the lab is concerned, here's what I'm feeling, okay? And I'm not going to go – I don't have – do I have Tankathon in front of me here? Let me look at Tankathon real quick and see how deep, uh, deep they go. I won't go as far as saying teens, but how about ranges? Does that sound good? Yeah, I'll give good. you some ranges here. Um Let's start with Perion Vinfrey. We did this a little bit with Toby earlier. Senior Bowl, most valuable player. That's correct. Um, I was just looking at a PFN, Pro Football Network, mock draft, and it was pretty high All one Perion Winfrey. So I would say Perion Winfrey, bottom of the first, very early second. And, in fact, I, I wanted to try to find this since we were on it right now. The Pro Football Network's mock draft that had Winfrey going in the in the first round, kind of is what we were saying, had him in the latter part of the first round. Who who did they have picking him? Um, they had Perrion Winfrey going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 27. Okay, so final few picks of the first. We say, based on that, that's the ceiling, we think. Ceiling, right. Um, 
So, Perry on late first. Now, I'm not breaking any news to you. If you follow the draft with any regularity, then you've seen that he's he's been viewed as a potential late first, early second round guy. Kind of like, since we're on draftable people within the state, kind of like Tyler Smith, the offensive lineman out of Tulsa, who I've seen in some mock drafts as high as like 20 in the first round and others very high at the top of the second round. So... You got a Tulsa guy and you've got an Oklahoma guy that we're able to talk about. All right, second round. I think that at some point you're going to see Brian Osamoa's name call on the second day. I think there's a chance it could be late in the second round. That's my hope. But I think the feeling more is is third round. He seemed pretty confident. I hadn't I mean, again, we didn't really get a chance to go real in depth. But he seemed pretty confident about day two. And day two would be second or third round. So if he feels confident about it, who am I to say that that would be me keeping my fingers crossed hoping for you? How is Brian Asamoa being projected? Is it strictly linebacker or they think they can tinker a little bit? Gabe and Teddy brought that up on the breakdown. And... Uh, Brian, I think, made it be known that he'll play anywhere. He'll do whatever it takes. Smart. I mean, so at least he indicated that to Gabe. I don't, I can't remember if I was actually listening to an interview with him or if it was someone else. But yeah, it's, he's open anything. Nick Benito's going to be a second day pick. Benita. uh, It's just a matter of whether or not Benita goes late second, early third. So those are the three guys right now. You feel pretty confident. That I, I feel pretty confident saying I think that, that they're gone by the end of Friday night, and Friday night is the second and third round. I, you know, I was texting back and forth earlier with someone that, you know, a, a Pro Football Network projects Brian Osmo as a fourth-round pick, and that's about as low as I've seen him recently. But, you know, what is it for an Isaiah Thomas who had that chance? Well, and, and Osimo had a chance to come back. Isaiah Perrion Winfrey had a chance to come back. They all had a chance. I don't think there's a super senior in that group outside of Tyrese Robinson, right? I think Tyrese was a, a super senior. Because if he wasn't, I sure would have loved to see him come back and play right guard. I think he could have if he wanted to. Really? Okay. I, I'm not ready to die on that hill. Maybe the super seniors were a much smaller group. I know – Brian Mead and who was the big left tackle that everyone always would get worried about whenever he would come in the game, the Michigan kid. But, yeah, I just – I worry – I wonder if you end up in the fourth round or the fifth round like an Isaiah Thomas might if you look back at it. Eric Swenson saved you. Just popped in my head. That you might feel a little bit better about, all right, if I would have come back for another year under Brent Venables, would I have done myself a favor? And I don't know if Isaiah Thomas would consider that if he drops to the fifth or the sixth round. But it looks like day three for Isaiah Thomas. Maybe around pick 130 or somewhere in that nature. Um, and then, you know, let's just see how wide re- our running backs are valued. You know, I think Marquise Hayes is going to be a third round p- or fourth round pick, fifth round pick in there. Um, I'm curious to see how NFL guys view Kennedy Brooks, see how they view Tyrese Robinson. Yeah, Kennedy Brooks is all over the place. Seems like, and you correct me if you disagree with this, 
Fifth round kind of seems like where his ceiling is. Pro Football Network has him at 163 in the fifth round to the Jets. And then his floor is anywhere to undrafted free agent. Time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's part of that's just running backs. They don't get valued in the draft anymore. That and there is there's almost this feel and kind of what you're seeing offensively that unless you've got Derrick Henry, you're you're pretty much going to be able to find someone that can do – you can find a Devin Booker trying to resurrect his career. You can find a – and I'm not saying that they're as good as elite guys, but you can find a Tony Pollard in the draft that can do for you some things. So, you know, I'm kind of surprised to see the lack of running backs in here, but I do think they've been incredibly devalued in the National Football League. I don't think you're going to get one going in the first round. I wonder if you will the second round. Yeah, they've got um, Tyrese Robinson listed as an undrafted free agent on here. So take that for what it's worth. Is that De- everyone? Derek Gore is a good example of that. Or yeah. Jarek McKinnon in Kansas City is who I'm yeah. thinking of. Yeah, two guys that and they spent a little bit on on McKinnon, right? Because they got him from San Francisco, but it wasn't a ton. And he ended up being a problem. I don't want to touch the football. So draft day, I think. Thursday is going to be fun to follow to see if if we end up in a situation, Josh, where Perrion Winfrey goes in the first round. And I think that's a – I think it's a really big deal if he does. Not just for Perrion, but I think it's a really big deal if he does. Locks to be drafted. Perrion Winfrey. Correct. Benito. Correct. Asamoah. Correct. You think Hayes? Hayes is a lock to be drafted in Chris Plank's book. Someone said we hadn't mentioned Alaron Turner Yell yet. I don't know if he's going to get drafted. Maybe a sixth, seventh, maybe. Maybe sixth, seventh round pick if he fits what a team wants to do. Am I missing anyone that you would consider a lock to get drafted beyond Perion, Benito, Asamoah, and Hayes? No. I mean, I think Brooks could be an undrafted free agent too. Tyrese Robinson? Um, I wouldn't put him as a lock. I was trading text with someone earlier. I don't know what I've done on my phone. I mean, good chance he gets drafted late, but you wouldn't put him in that line. Right, category. and they said they talked to Tyrese, and he was hearing good things from teams because he was able to go back and work at guard. And I thought maybe with him showing some flexibility where you could play tackle too might kind of be attractive, uh, attractive to some teams, but we'll see. Man, I think somebody's got a chance to get a longtime serviceable runner in Kennedy Brooks for a very low asking prize. Yes, seventh round preferred free agent. I don't. I, so, quick draft dork moment here. It's plank show. Uh, we're due a break, but I have found that the most fascinating things to cover in NFL drafts are the runs, right? Where all of a sudden a an offensive tackle goes off the board, and then the next thing you know, you see a team that might be a little bit lower in the draft that says, "Uh oh." We got to get up and get our guy. Or, okay, now one tackle. Here's the guy that we wanted. We'll take him. And then maybe a third team has to move up. I wonder if you're going to see a run like that on running backs, maybe at some point in the second round, to where there's teams that want to get a running back at some point, but they want to try to wait it out. And if suddenly you start looking up and the guys that you consider the top running backs in this draft are your guy, if it's a, a Brees Hall, if it's a Kenneth Walker, who, by the way, isn't very high on many teams' draft boards, but 
whomever it might be at the running back position that you value. If it's, I mean, I like the South Dakota State running back, Pierce, uh, Pierre Strong Jr. I like him a lot. I think you might see about three or four go off the board in a row. And if that happens, maybe Kennedy Brooks could be a beneficiary of that. Not saying second round, but maybe in the third or the fourth. Since we're on this NFL draft discussion, you know, yesterday you had sort of teased your three burning thoughts. Oh, three guarantees. Three, three I guarantee it. Yeah, guarantee. These Let's, are going to happen. Let's do it next. What oh, do you say? There you go. Yeah. I, I know Toby has the market cornered on the, what is it, three things. But I'll pay the copyright infringement, at least for this segment. And it'll be quick. Top five stories today around the corner as well. Draft thoughts. Are you with me? 405-651-3439. You know, this looks like it's going to be a really good draft for Tulsa guys. And that brings me a lot of joy. As somebody who used to have to follow ESPN.SportsZone.com to find out if Chris Penn was going to get drafted. I three guarantees in Thursday's draft next. Um, okay, three draft guarantees. And it's funny because while I was getting into these three draft guarantees, I heard from uh, Chiefs fan Chase Brown. And it was like, it's meant to be. What up, Chase? So I owe you, I understand, I owe you some more tweets, and there's really good stuff coming in on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. More reaction to the spring game, so on and so forth. Well, let me give you three predictions for the NFL draft on Thursday. Thursday. Are you ready? I'm ready. Kayvon Thibodeau will not slip past the Giants at five. Guaranteed. Um, I, I know it's really cute and all to sit there and try to project him falling. The man is an absolute stud. <laughs> and I don't know where this is coming from. But um, no way, no how, Kayvon Thibodeau is getting out of the top ten. Guaranteed, Josh. Guaranteed. What are you trying to look up? What'd you find? This is cracking me up. Oh, is it Charles Barkley? Guaranteed. <laughs> nice. All right. It's guaranteed. That's number one. And for those that are like, oh, I see every mock draft that has Calvin Thibodeau drop. Kayvon Thibodeau dropping all over the place. <laughs> I said I said Calvin, too, at a radio show I was doing Tips. yesterday. Um, yeah, he's he's... So you you I think he's the best player. So I was draft. in trance with trying to find that shot right. clip. You say Kayvon Thibodeau no lower than two? No lower than five. No lower than five. Oh, yeah, Sorry. no, I I would agree with that. Um okay. Guarantee number two. The Kansas City Chiefs are not going to wait for someone to take a wide receiver before them that they want. The Chiefs are moving up. On Thursday night. I hope you're wrong. Guaranteed. And I think their target is Jameson Williams. Guaranteed. <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> and then finally, my third guarantee for Thursday night's draft. Kayvon Thibodeau not falling below five. Kansas City moving up to get their wide receiver. While I am not high on this quarterback class, I guarantee you, some team we're not talking about in the first round is going to draft a quarterback. Guarantee! <laughs> now, the place that I'm thinking is around 26 or 27. Because Tennessee picks at 26, Tampa Bay picks at 27. If there's a chance that a Malik Willis is still around? No chance. Or a Kenny Pickett? There's a chance for that. Or... A 
Desmond Ritter. Very good chance for that. I could see Tennessee going QB in the first round. The Tennessee Titans. They don't need a quarterback. They got Tannehill. Go tell that to a Titan fan right now. Well, and keep in mind, I mean, the Titans are coming off a playoff loss. They as are. the one seed where as quarterback play was the, the big, big culprit. For it's them. what cost them. Remember, because I got called out by a Tennessee Titans fan <laughs> <laughs> that weekend before, and I said, all right. All right, well, whatever, man. And you were right. All right, quick break. When we come back, top five stories today. There's your three guarantees for Thursday night. Guarantee. No way they're going wrong. It's Plank Show.